You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and sharing stories that inspire the soul. We release an episode each new and full moon devoted to healing the shame that binds us and illuminating the infinite possibilities and courage of the human spirit. We recognize infinite universal divinity as who we really are and help move others away from ideas and beliefs around God and love that are oppressive. We support the fullest expression of our soul's highest callings to be of service in this world. This is a celebration not of the I or of the me, but of universal love and reverence for the earth that we walk upon. I am your grateful host, Adriana Rizzolo, and I am humbled and honored to be here with you all. Hello and welcome back to Soul Crush. I'm your host, Adriana Rizzolo, and today I'm so happy and grateful to introduce you to my friend Sarah Avant Stover. I'm going to read you a piece from her book because it's so good, and um, it's from her, her book, The Book of She. Sarah says, We cannot draw boundaries between our dark goddess energy, sexual energy, creative energy, health and vitality, and spiritual energy. They are all one and the same. We need to recognize our innocent, luminous, erotic nature, not just with our minds, but also through our direct participation in life. Once our raw vitality wakes up from old trauma and frozenness, it melts into the nectar that transforms the darkness into light, spirit into matter. It's been pioneering has been a pioneering teacher of women's yoga, meditation, and spirituality. Best-selling author, The Way of the Happy Woman, Living the Best Year of Your Life, and The Book of She, Your Heroine's Journey into the Heart of Feminine Power. She's also an abortion doula and activist. The creator of the world's first women's yoga teacher training, Sarah's work has uplifted the lives of tens of thousands of women worldwide and has been featured in Yoga Journal, The Huffington Post, Newsweek, Natural Health, and on ABC, NBC, and CBS. She lives in Santa Barbara, California. And that piece that I read um, that Sarah, from Sarah's book just really hit something in me in a way that I can't describe, but you know, I've experienced, and I know so many of you that are listening, because I've worked with many of you, um, have also experienced this really um, deep process that I think many women, and from my perspective now, many men are in um, of this reclaiming of the feminine that is, you know, always beginning in the darkness and bringing that darkness, or I love how she says that old trauma and frozenness. It melts into the nectar that transforms the darkness into light, spirit into matter. You know, so many of us are here to be these bridges between spirit and matter and darkness and light, each in our own unique ways and set of um, karmic circumstances. (laughs) I'm currently in uh, Tampa, Florida, where I just led a workshop with my partner, David, um, 
at this yoga studio here, and we were also attending a leadership conference with this amazing pastor named Bishop Jakes. And um, we really got so much um, good healing and connecting to spirit and also some wisdom on, you know, how to really stay connected and close to the heart and really what it means, you know, to share in these ways that are of the material world, but that really are true to our spiritual nature as well. So I'm excited to share with you more. We have a retreat coming up um, at the end of May. We still have about a handful of spots, truly. Um, so please uh, send me a note if you're interested in that. And then uh, the Love Recovery Program that I'm always so happy to be um, expanding on and you know, continuing to do, which is a mentorship, a 40-day online mentorship where we get to um, convene weekly and weekly classes, and then you also get some private one-on-one -on -one time. So that's going really, really well, and the next one is going to be at the end of May, the full moon of May, and we're going to focus on business, pleasure, and intimacy, and I'll be utilizing some of my uh, friends that I kind of feel like I've gathered a village for the Power of Love community. So I'm going to be uh, utilizing some of my friends to give us some outside wisdom. And yeah, I'm here for you. If you need anything, just let me know. And thank you so much for listening. Give us a rating on iTunes. Follow me on Art of Loving. And we'll see you soon. Okay. Welcome back to Soul Crush. Today on this episode, I am having a really sweet connection and um, discussion with one of my new friends who I was introduced to by our mutual friend named Heidi Rose Robbins, who any of you that know me know all about Heidi because we're a big fan of Heidi over here. <laughs> um, and uh, today I'm talking with Sarah Avant Stover. Did I say your name right? You did, yes. Oh, good job. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> I forgot to ask you before. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much, Sarah, for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's so nice to meet you. It's always um, interesting when I you know, have conversations with people I don't know because you know, I feel a little nervous in a way that I wouldn't normally, potentially. You know, I feel... Um, a little excited, but also like a nervousness because I'm like, oh, I don't know her, and right. you know, like it's it's it's. I'm just noticing that now, and um, yeah, just I feel like that's really an interesting thing to just say because also, like woman to woman, I know that you've done and do a lot of work with women, and as have I over the years, and it's just an interesting thing that arises, you know, um, between us as people, not just women, but as humans, you know, when we don't know each other, the, and there's like a, a very natural, like, feeling out process, you know, of like, interest and curiosity and, um, yeah, just general uh, feeling of the unknown. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of the experience, like I've been traveling for a bit to areas where I don't have my usual like-minded community mm. and it actually feels good to connect with you even yeah. though I don't know you because it's like oh this is like someone who's kind of cut from the same cloth you know mm. and it just feels like a kind of a connection that I haven't had 
in a little while because in just in different places. Mm, yeah. yeah. So it's, well, I think it's, for me, it's both. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Cause now I feel both. <laughs> yeah. I can open the door to, you know, that connection. And I can definitely relate to that experience of, you know, just, you know, being, being in different places. And oftentimes it's so easy when um, I know you're a teacher and, you know, when you go places where people are ready to receive you because they all either already know you or, you know, through social media or through your work online, or they're just recommended through someone else that they know and trust and love and how great of an experience that can be. I just had that experience myself last weekend in, in Kentucky and, you know, was just reveling in it. And I just, you know, and I felt this part of myself that just was like, why can't it always be like this? Like, why can't it always just be like, everybody gets, you know, what you do and it's just so well received and, you know, we're all on the same page and it just clicks, you know, and you have such deep experiences. And I know, and I'd love to hear from you, um, it's just not always like that, you know, and I don't think it's supposed to be, you know, either, but it's so, it can be so hard when you're putting your, your heart and your soul in the form of teaching or your own artistry, whatever that may be out in the world, you know, with, from a, hopefully a pure, a pure enough place, you know, of, of really just wanting to uplift and inspire and support other people. It's still, you know, can be really terrifying. And I think that that's why a lot of us don't do it. And we, you know, hold our, hold our, our hearts and our creativity back so much because sometimes you do put stuff out there and the truth is it's not always received well, and we're not always received well. And, you know, what, what is your experience with that? And how do you, um, how do you work with that? Well, I think being able to work online helps because I'm super introverted and kind of socially awkward. I mean, when I teach, I'm not socially awkward because I'm in my element. Yeah. But being online helps me to kind of be more outspoken, I guess, and just mm-hmm. put, put, just keep putting myself out there. And it takes a lot of a lot of like nerve and just stealing oneself to just say, I'm just going to keep going regardless of, you know, sometimes things hit the right note. Sometimes they don't Mm -hmm. just to, I think consistency and being persistent over time is what matters the most. Yeah. But certainly where I feel like my sweet spot is with people who are already familiar with me and we can just go deep together. Like we're all, we're already on the same page yeah. And we just drop all that pretense and it's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And then it's really fun. It's so fun. Cause there's yeah. something, you know, so human about healing, you know, because there's, there, it just happens so naturally. I feel when we are able to just be open in that way. And there's a lot of reasons why we have, you know, mistrust and, you know, there's plenty of reasons for us to feel, you know, apprehensive or, you know, we have to, that's things that need to get worked out. And I think that there's, that's just the way it is. And it is just so sweet when we can just come together and, you know, I I was just reveling and like, I didn't have to explain it through any lens. Like I can explain what I do basically through any lens of anything I learn about. I could be like, oh, this is what I, you know, this is what I do through like a bhakti yoga tradition. This is what I do if you look at it from tantra or, you know, from depth psychology. Like there's, I can talk about it basically through anything because it's just, 
there's a, just a humanness to us connecting heart to heart and to being vulnerable and intimate and then actually making change within our own being through that connection. And it's, you know, quite simple, but it can take a lot to get there sometimes. Right. I appreciate that you shared about, you know, consistency and persistence. I think that that's something um, that is so true. You know, if we just keep showing up in whatever our thing is, and it will oftentimes feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. <laughs> no. you know, I, I like a little pop up on Facebook sometimes, like 10 years ago, I said like, whatever quote, you know, about love. And I'm like, oh my God, I was like still talking. I was like saying the same thing 10 years ago. Yet when I think about to the woman, the girl I was 10 years ago, it's like amazing. Cause I was such a different person, you know, yet there's some part of me that's still the same, you know? And I think that we can look at it like that sometimes too. Like it can feel like you're just saying the same things over. You're dealing with the same trauma or the same abandonment thing over and over again. Right. Um, at least that's my experience. And then there's also just, there's a truth of like what I feel to be our soul. That's also within that. Like there's yeah. that consistency over time, you know, is there's something in us that is unchanging. Yeah. There's a, there's a soul thread. I think that runs through each of us. And that's why we keep harping on the same things over and over, whether it's the message that we're sharing to the world or the issues that we're healing within ourselves. It's they're all the same, mm -hmm. but we just peel away the layers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you offer are um, these circles called redemption circles. And it was the first thing that caught my eye. Heidi had sent me an email being like, you need to know this woman. And as soon as I looked into your work, I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. And, you know, just really admiring you and, and your willingness to be so honest and also just so open about your own path and your own journey and how much you've really created like you you're like a creating machine like, I'm like oh my god like you know I, I like i was like yes like i need that you know because i create a lot too but like there's like books and like there's like so many things i was like how does she do it like what is her astrology you know like <laughs> it's definitely not mine but i love it you know like i can admire it the thing is like i don't know how i create all those things because it so seems like i i don't know it just seems like i'm just not working that much, but, but I, yeah, but it I comes a lot, a lot comes out. <laughs> totally. Totally. And I think, I think that's how it is. And I think we have, you know, periods of our lives too, where that happens or, you know, and then, yeah, like, I have periods where I, I guess I go really intense with it and then periods where I'm just more just in between. Yeah. Yeah. In recovery. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Do you, will you tell us about the redemption circles? Cause that was something that sure. caught my heart in, for my own personal experience. And also just, I love the word redemption so much. Um, it's just been a major theme in my own life. And so um, I just, I really love it. And I'd love to hear more about it. Sure. Well, this came out of an abortion that I had very unexpectedly in April of 2017. And I was planning on having that child 
but I found out that the man that I was with wasn't who he presented himself to be. And I wasn't able to get full custody of the child. And that was just going to present a lot of challenges uh, if I, if I gave birth to this child for, for all of us. And so I had an abortion and it was the most challenging and empowering experience of my life. And like we were talking about that soul thread, you know, I've been teaching women for years how to transform our pain into our power. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I mean, I had no idea the pain of abortion and I understand it's not like that for every woman. Sometimes it's just a very clear cut decision and it's mostly relief, but there, there's so many different kinds of experiences, just like there's so many different kinds of women. So I had an abortion and as I was healing that summer, last summer, I just got this download from my unborn son. I felt him very strongly with me and he guided me to create redemption circle. Mm. And it was to come out in a year so that I could have privacy and space to heal but that redemption circle would be a 501c3, so a nonprofit organization, to help heal the stigma of abortion by encouraging other women to share their stories mm. and to create these support circles, both in person and online, to help women to heal physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually after abortion. Mm. Uh, because what I found when I was healing is that there was nowhere for me to go. Um, I, there's only one good book up that I know of about abortion. Mm, wow. I couldn't find any support circles. Mm. Meanwhile, there's tons of books supporting women after a miscarriage or a stillbirth or, you know, these other forms of pregnancy loss or baby loss, but there, there's hardly anything about abortion. Wow. And I was just determined to help change that. And so that's what Redemption Circle is, is for. And we just finished our first online class. It was six, a six week class. And there were 40 women from nine countries and two of those countries, Uganda and Ireland abortion is illegal. Wow. And women in those two countries had just had an abortion. They'd had to travel outside of the country to have it. And they had been uh, physically traumatic abortions and as well as trauma at all other levels. Yeah. So as I look deeper and deeper into this, what I see is just because we're not talking about this, it is increasing the danger that women are in. Mm -hmm. And even in a country like the U.S. where we think, well, we have our reproductive rights, when you look closer, like it's actually not very good. <laughs> even in states where it is progressive, you know, you can't you just look at you can't even get your doctor to perform it, you know. Usually you have to go somewhere else. Uh, you're, you can't get your insurance to cover it. In a lot of states, there's only one clinic. Right. So it's, it's just around the world, across the board, there's so much more to be done in this area in terms of supporting women. Yeah. So I had no idea that it was illegal in, um, where did, did you say, in Ireland and Uruguay. And Uganda. It's, it's illegal in most of Africa. Most of Africa. Oh, wow. Unless, unless you're raped. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So wild. And how was the, um, the class? How did that go? It was, 
I mean, overall, it went really well. I think that one of the biggest challenges was getting women to share. Mm. And even in a place where it was safe, a lot of the women were just still so accustomed to not giving voice to their experience that there was hesitation to do that. So we also have a Facebook group where sometimes women shared more in there. Yeah. And I mean, there's one woman who's in her sixties who said for 40 years, she has just completely stayed silent about her abortion. It's been haunting her ever since. And wow. Just like this, the shame researcher Brene Brown says is we actually can't heal if we don't share. Yeah. You know, shame dissolves when, when we stop keeping secrets Yeah, and abortion just needs to stay a secret because of how stigmatized women are when they have abortions, even though one in three women in the US and the UK have abortions. And the women who are receiving the most abortions right now are married and in their 40s. Wow. (laughs) So yeah. Wow. I wonder if you know, also, like, where the shame comes from. I mean, I feel like there's an there's a a natural loss that for me and I've I've had an abortion and the experience of feeling that loss and the the natural grief for me was very intense like you yeah. said I also have no many women who've you know it was yeah they knew that that's they didn't want to have a baby and it wasn't you know it wasn't a big thing but for me it was very intense and um I think what you're doing is really powerful because I do feel like the shame and whatever gets kind of trapped inside of our bodies and our hearts and our minds around it really comes from not having a place to just talk about it. Like I didn't, I didn't really have a place to talk about it. You know, I had some close friends and and things like that. And it was probably around that time when I started actually facilitating women's circles, but it wasn't around that. I just, it just was a natural thing that was coming up in my life at that time. But like you said, there's some kind of healing that really only happens through sharing and through, you know, using, using our voice in that way. And yet I think it's really assumed that people can do that. I went to see Marianne Williamson um, speak the other day in, here in uh, Los Angeles. And I was doing her online. She has this short online uh, course. And one of the things that she said about the voice when someone had asked her about, you know, how did you find your voice? You know, and one of the things that she said was that I, you find your authentic voice by speaking on behalf of those who don't have one. Yeah. And you know, and then I like got all excited and like made a meme about it and like put it on Instagram and like a lot of people didn't really get it and it was out of context. So it's, that was probably part of why, but even still, because I'm very active in like mostly spiritual and even some religious like Christian, you know, communities and things like that. And, you know, so I oftentimes am the person saying something that like, not only other people won't say, but like, don't even agree with, you know, it's, yeah. and it's intense sometimes to be that person. And um, I think it's really assumed because a lot of the feedback was like, well, we don't have to speak for other people. Like everybody has a voice. And I, I was like, right. well, yeah, but that's not, I didn't always, I was like 
I couldn't say anything like t- like 15 years ago. I was like so hard for me to speak at all, you know? So I, I understand like get, holding spaces like what you're holding where actually women have a chance. And even if they don't this time, maybe they'll do it again and they will next time. Or I know coming from uh, background of sobriety and, um, you know, like Alcoholic Anonymous and things like that of years, I would go to meetings and not say anything. And I would go to big meetings, so I didn't have to say anything, um, and just sit there and just like not even speak, you know. And then over the year, I mean, now I'm like I can't shut up. But that was like part of my process for a long time was just like being there without speaking. And mm-hmm. I just think it's important to like recognize that too, you know, that like it's it's such a process. It's so layered. It is, and so. Yeah, the other level, like about me deciding to speak up about this, Marion Williamson was was the person who really ultimately inspired me to do it, to just to really break through my fears around, you know, of course I don't want to share my abortion story publicly. Like why would I? I would much yeah. rather just, you know, keep that to myself. But I realized, you know, I'm a, you know, a quote unquote like spiritual teacher and help a guide for women. And so who am I? If I, if I had this deep experience, I learned a lot from it and there's hardly any resources available for women about it. And I, and I don't speak about it. Yeah. And so I think that that's also something, you know, Marion Williamson talks about it a lot. Like in the spiritual community, we are, we talk about not wanting to spiritual bypass, you know, our own shadows or our own wounds. But then when it comes to, bypassing these shadows in society we just keep focusing on ourselves yeah and as women especially women who have the resources to have a spiritual practice women who have had abortions if we live in a country where it's legal like you don't you actually it's not okay if you just keep that right for yourself Mm. you know just say i had my abortion and i'm fine you know we have to turn around and reach out our hand and do something to, to contribute to the problem. Yeah. Because this, this is the most widely performed medical procedure in the world. Wow. And it's also the most dangerous one mm. because of how invisible it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, men aren't going to start talking about it and changing it. It's, it's up to us as women. Yeah. And I think even opening that conversation, I'm, even oftentimes can allow, like I know a particular man in my life who, you know, held so much resentment for a long time around the, uh, an abortion that he had with his partner at the time, cause he didn't want it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, you know, all these things like you're saying that are just so out in, you know, in, inside of our own bodies, even when we're working with them personally, it's like, how do we, and this is what I really feel like the spiritual world, from my opinion and perspective, needs to like look, you know, one, just like, yeah, out into the public, you know, like what you're saying and doing, and also like out into our relationships and out into like, you know, how, how these, and these, this is not an easy thing to do. I, at least, and from my experience, it's kind of the hardest places to do it. It is. <laughs> I could blab all day to a room full of people that like, showed up and they're like, like hang out with me and we don't have a personal relationship. <laughs> yeah. Then we're like, this is great. We love each other, you know? And then you're like, okay, your private relationships are different. Personal relationships are different, but 
even in that, even in spiritual communities. And, you know, these are the things that when stuff comes up, it's like none of us know what to do. And then we just turn away from one another. That's been my experience. I've yeah. been excommunicated from spiritual communities for like, you know, doing what people thought wasn't right and without any communication, you know, and, and just, and really lived through, you know, lived through that. And, and, um, and then, like you said, we do the healing work on ourselves, but to make that little extra reach. And that was the other thing Marianne Williamson said when this woman was talking to her, she just said, you know, it's not about you. Like I have to tell myself that all the time. Like Marianne, yeah. it's not about you. Like you don't just go sit there to like, yeah. this isn't about us, you know? And it's really hard to kind of grasp that. I, you know, and I think shame really blinds us from that or something, or I don't know, shame and guilt in my experience really like debilitates that capacity mm -hmm. to like reach out and to like see another, you know? Um, but it also is the thing that heals it, you know, and interestingly, yeah, you know, serving others and showing up and practicing seeing one another and being uncomfortable, but still showing up. And um, it also helps to heal these things within us as well. Yeah. I mean, there is a level of selfishness in me sharing retrospectively because I see I feel so much better now that I shared my story because I just felt just kind of stale inside for the year that I was teaching and creating, but no one knew what had happened. And I was like, this, like the major event of my life <laughs> just happened and then no one knows about it. So I feel freer. And then it has also healed something in me to be, sharing what I learned with other people because that's the other thing is like we have these above ground networks for women like you know how to honor your cycle or how to support yourself in pregnancy or postpartum but where are the above ground resources to help women after they've had abortions mm. you know like what are herbs that you can take to rebalance your hormones what kind of foods can you eat to rebuild your blood what can you do to prevent scar tissue in your womb? And, mm -hmm. you know, just things like that. Yeah. And just bringing consciousness to, you know, something that has been so hidden, you know, in, yeah. in so many ways and bringing, bringing health, you know, to these things that, you know, for whatever reason, they just, they become hidden and then we just, you know, we just ignore them. And I think that that's where things can really grow that you know aren't isn't helpful for us and and for our yeah our and then they just stick around they can stick around for decades you know like there's women in these circles who don't want to have any connection with their womb or haven't had sex in years yeah and like that's really common after an abortion and yeah. that's you know like we need to talk about that and we need yeah. to offer resources and support because what we do after abortions is they say, you know, rest for a day or two. And then women, most women just get up and soldier on yep. and everything gets buried, but it, it, it affects us physically, psychologically, emotionally. Yeah. We, we get stunted in certain ways. Absolutely. And, and I think what many of us are learning or the opportunity that we have now, especially with so many things coming into the light that, you know, around, you know, sexual trauma and all of this, um, all of these things that have been hidden that are coming into our awareness is this opportunity for greater health. I mean, 
it's sometimes absurd to me. Like I had um, an, an ultrasound and an x-ray on my breast today because it's been a really long time. And in the past I've, you know, felt things, but they were always, you know, benign cysts and, you know, no big deal. But then I go through periods where I ignore it. And then even just feeling them feels like, Ooh, like there's like this discomfort around it because there's fear and there's, you know, it's, it's just, it's normal. And I know other women experience this. And when I was at this women's gathering over the summer, they were doing Ayurvedic breast massage and I had one and it was so uncomfortable, like, like almost like, you know, that kind of discomfort, you're just like cringing, but it also felt so good. <laughs> like have another one be like, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, like there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> have a woman like rub my breast. I like, love breast massage. Please. I just like have this done every day in my life. I'd be like a superhero, but you know, it's so powerful. And then today I learned from this doctor and I don't know if this is, you know, medically, I don't know if this is like proven medically, but you know, he was telling me, but, and I trusted him and he was very um, insightful around, cause I asked him, I've noticed and, and on the episode that's actually coming out today. So it'll be out already with this woman, Susanna Harwood Rubin, who shares her story going through breast cancer. And I was saying, you know, I'm in my 30s and I've noticed so many women in their 30s. Like, is it, am I just noticing it because I'm in my 30s now or is there more? And he said, no, there's more. And, you know, his perspective was that part of it was that a lot of people don't know, but they say that it comes from HPV, which is a sexually transmitted disease yeah. that many of us have. And, you know, that he just said, you know, it's not it's something that in our country they kind of found out later than in other countries because in other countries, it's just people younger. It just was something that came out more. And now it's almost like they don't want to admit it. Cause it's like the doctors would have to kind of say that they were wrong or they didn't know something or mm. whatever, you know? And it just like, it just made me so mad, you know, and him and I talked about it for a long time. Like I was like, I need to interview him. So <laughs> like, he was awesome, you know, and he just kept telling me, you know, cause he was just like, you know, like you're fine and you're good. And, you know, like he was really, um, you know, affirmative for me, there was nothing wrong. And, you know, but it, it was just really astonishing to me that, you know, these kinds of things, we just have no idea. And then we are so afraid of our own bodies. Yeah. You know, and I, I was, and even still after getting that confirmation, I'm like, Oh, you know, there's like, there's a fear, you know, in me of just not knowing. And, you know, of course, behind that is the fear of, death and loss and all these things that are just really natural, I think for us too, but to really empower one another to like check our breasts and to, you know, yeah, like reach out when we go through these experiences that are really intense that then can, like, I feel like you really embody, even though I don't know you just from seeing your work, it just really is utilizing these painful things that oftentimes get hidden or maybe in the past that we've gotten persecuted for and really utilizing them to do to help others to help one another yeah Yeah, because we are living in a time where we can do that Mm -hmm. and so you know i was interviewing dr christian northrup on my podcast around abortion i did a series on my podcast on abortion And she said, she also agreed, she wrote in her book, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, that women sharing their stories about abortion will help us heal a great deal faster, you know, heal the abortion problem. And 
but she, she said, it's a lot like walking over fire, you know, walking over hot coals. I've never done that, but she said she did it once. And she said, there's just this moment where, you know, like, all right, I'm ready. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's like that for a woman to share her story, but yeah. for every, any woman listening who has had an abortion, I just want to say that it's like, it heals some, something very ancient inside to be a woman who can now publicly say, mm-hmm. I had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And we're doing what women for so many generations could not do. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to do it so that we don't pass that wound on to future generations. Because those feminine wounds get passed on through our most sensitive parts, you know, like our creative organs. And it's up to us to clear those out and just write a new story for womanhood. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for doing that and for empowering us to do that, you know, because I think it can feel so overwhelming sometimes, you know, for, it can feel because I really, I also, I resonate with that and I agree with that in in the way that some of us are the first people in our lineage that are, you know, stopping abuse and, you know, really heavy, heavy shit, you know, and, and, and it can feel heavy yet. So we're, it's almost like we're at a time where we're like more sensitive and more heightened in a way. And that can almost like, I don't know how you experience this and if you have any advice on this, but it can almost like knock spiritual quote unquote people off in a way where it's just like, and I experience this in my, my own, I wake up, I don't know, most days I have to wake up and pray and be like, all right, guys, you know, like, where's the team that's going to like get me out of bed? That's going to like get something, you know, just literally just get out of bed, you know, (laughs) period. I know I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And that's, you know, but it's so that's what a spiritual practice is for. Yeah. You know, it's like, wake up before I do anything, just meditate, pray, get really clear about the day. And then like, I have that, that divine strength, like I'm plugged into that. Yeah. And I think that that's, I I think that that's it, you know, because sometimes we can do healing work, but if we don't have a daily or some sort of, you know, practice of meditation and prayer that is, you know, really true for us, I don't know. I just think it can be so hard and it can, you know, it's hard anyway in some ways, but we really do need, I feel, to be able to keep kind of walking as we're suffering, you know, like totally going on as we're suffering, not waiting till some other time when we're going to stop suffering, even though rest and I need to learn that more than anybody. I need to like really start implementing after the day after I do anything that, you know, to just recuperate, you know, because I don't always do that and I need it. But I do feel like there's some, that, that divine, that connection to the divine can carry us, you know, in those moments. So we can still keep showing up. Yeah. And that connection also shows us like where we're meant to serve because Mm -hmm. ultimately the path is not about us making ourselves happy, but it is really about how can I contribute back to the greater whole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really feel like now I'm clear that abortion was one of my divine assignments. And one of the reasons why I was able to share it so publicly, because I just, I knew 
from God that this, that this was, that this was what I needed to do and that I would be protected. Yeah. I can really relate to that in, in my experience. You just reminded me of that when you said that and it was, yeah, very, very clear, you know, and, and really one of the most direct experiences of God and of angels. And, you know, I was getting all types of, all types of messages, you know, that were just very clear. And I was like, okay, like, are you sure? Like, I don't think I, you know, I, everything in my body didn't want to have an abortion. I really didn't. And it felt so unnatural and, you know, and so awful. And yet that divinity and, and those messages I received and that grace that was so apparent, um, even during it, you know, I asked the the women, because they started asking me questions I had gotten from the, my abortion at Planned Parenthood. And, you know, they are kind of trained probably to just ask you questions to kind of distract you because I didn't want to be on any drugs or anything. And, um, you know, and I just asked them, can you pray with me? You know, and like, because they were wanting me to talk about where I lived. And I was like, I don't want to talk about where I live. Like, <laughs> can you just pray with me right now? I'm like, you know, like, this is so intense. And so, you know, that was... Um, you know, and then afterwards, like I, you know, seeing like an intense light that was like, you know, almost blinding, but like really, uh, really nurturing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I felt really held in that too. And I think that that's part of what can happen as we continue to help each other awaken um, in the ways that you're doing and sharing is that we'll continue to experience things in life. Like I'm assuming, you know, for the rest of our lives, hopefully that's part of why yeah. we're here. Hard things, scary things. Yeah. And yeah. to be able to walk through them with just even a little bit more, um, you know, or, or none, but at least with the support of um, a higher connection or people that can hold us in that even when we can't. Right. I think is yeah. One of my girlfriends was my abortion doula. Mm -hmm. um, she she was trained as a birth doula, and she also worked in an abortion clinic. And I I did need to be medicated, and so I wasn't in my full consciousness. And I just really wanted someone in there holding that sacred space for my son's transition, and yeah. also to, you know for me too. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really important for women, and also yeah. with Redemption Circle, what I'm wanting to do is have women serve as post-abortion doulas mm -hmm. so like go to a woman's home and just sit with her in her grief yeah. or you know rub her back or massage her feet or yeah. bring her some food you know just yeah. to have someone who's who's been through it yeah. to be with you yeah absolutely yeah that's so beautiful i would love if you could share with us a little bit about your yoga training because I uh, am a yoga teacher and I've struggled a lot being a yoga teacher <laughs> in the world <laughs> that we live in and I was so relieved when I was reading your website I haven't done any of your trainings or anything but just reading your you know your perspective on yoga and meditation and you know, connecting to God and can, the way that we connect to our bodies. And I was so relieved and um, just so grateful um, for you. It might seem like no big deal when I just read it on your website. You're like, oh, well, this, this is cool. She's cool. 
like this seems, you know, it resonates with me and what I think, but there is something really profound about it from what I can tell, because it kind of does go against a lot of what the mainstream yoga culture, at least in the West and in the East, from what I know, um, is about or teaches us or, you know, unconsciously leads us to believe, I would say. And uh, so I'd love to hear your approach on your trainings that you do and what you've gotten out of leading these trainings. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I love yoga so much. I took my first class when I was 17 and was just hooked from, the, you know, just, I just felt like I had come home and I've really studied all across the board. You know, I was really into power yoga and Ashtanga for a long time. Um, that, that was my main thing for a while. And then I, I found out that I had, going back to HPV, I had the early stages of cervical cancer when I was 21, graduating from college. And I ended up just out of the blue being offered a job to teach in Thailand. And I, I moved there and I was working on healing the cervical dysplasia using uh, Chinese herbs and acupuncture. Wow. And I came across this woman, Maya Tiwari, who wrote a beautiful book called A Woman's Path of Practice. And that became my Bible for some years. She had healed herself of ovarian cancer. And it was really about grassroots Ayurveda and how women need to align with the seasons of nature and the cycles of the moon and connect to the divine mother in our spiritual practice. And I started incorporating all those things and just really adapting my yoga practice. So like when I was bleeding, doing more restorative practice and just dialing down the aggressiveness of my, of my practice during the rest of the month. And I felt like a heretic at the time, <laughs> you know, I felt like guilt and some shame sometimes when I was practicing, like, mm. like I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing the, second series of Ashtanga yoga and trying to do the third series. But yeah, over the years, just that has shed and it's, yeah, I think it's yoga is a really beautiful way for women to learn to trust our bodies and to care for our bodies as we grow older mm -hmm. and to care for our bodies when we're going through things. Like if we're pregnant and if we have an abortion whatever, you know, like my, my yoga practice is my, is my friend. Mm -hmm. And something that I see a lot in the women that I work with is how our practice becomes this, another should, another thing that I should do to be perfect, that I should do to be a good person. Yeah. And my trainings are, they're like untrainings. Yeah. I'm leading one soon next month in Mexico. And it's really about just giving women a space to find their practice. Yeah. Like what is good for your body? What do you need in your life right now at all these different levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, what's, what's happening in your life and to learn to trust oneself. Mm. I think that that's like such a big thing for us as women. We just don't, we don't trust our bodies. We don't trust our intuition we don't trust that we know what is best for us. Right. Yeah. There's so much to really seeing our practice as a friend or over the years of 
going in and out of a physical practice and then, but also cultivating a strong meditation practice as well. And really having this friend, you know, sometimes when I do a lot of work with people around healing the wounds that they have around God and, you know, some oftentimes people have a lot of that and, you know, I just think on a, on that deeper level, that's one of the things that yoga can help, help start within us, you know, is this connection to what you, yeah, I love that you called it, you know, this practice being a friend, you know, cause that's, yeah. you know, that's really what it is. And it helps us to then befriend ourselves and our own hearts and our own bodies. And, you know, then as teachers, I know a lot of people listening to this or teachers or, you know, in teacher trainings and things like that, or healers, you know, that's, at least from what I know, a big part of what, you know, gets, we pass along to our students, you know, is that level of acceptance and that level of really like pure friendness, you know, that we, that we have, because we have, a lot of us have built up so much um, shoulds, like you said, and, and shouldn'ts, and that then kind of creates this like hardness and in some cases intense self-hatred, you know. Yeah, that, even, that can even be worse in the yoga community. Oh, <laughs> you totally. Know? Totally. I mean, that's what makes me want to quit sometimes because I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, you know, not always, but you know, sometimes it's like, it really feels like that. And, you know, because it does have this perception i mean you have to be skinny and white and you know what i mean the leggings and whatever and all that and you know i think it's just not true you know it's very it's almost like the opposite of true <laughs> it's like so far in the other direction like oh my gosh like gotta rein it back in because it really is like that you know and then it's and then it's hard to show up and to sit down in a yoga class as a teacher and to not do what basically everybody else, not everybody, but a lot of other people are doing without knowing. You know, I, I had a conversation with this woman. Um, I'll put a, a link to her, her book. She uh, wrote this uh, cooking book and they have a farm up in, um, in Canada in Salt Spring Island. And she was a yoga teacher and we were chatting and I told her what I do. And she was like, I've been teaching yoga for, you know, a long time, like 20 years, longer than I. And she said, I just am realizing talking to you that I keep thinking about how I don't really want to teach what I've been teaching and how I like don't really want to teach in the same voice I've been teaching with, but I didn't actually like realize it out until you just like told me what you did. And now I'm going to real like, she was like, now I'm going to go back and just do whatever I want. I was like, good. <laughs> you know, I was so happy. I was like, great you know like go and like teach whatever you want yeah. like you know just like teach what's, what's true in your heart teach what's true to you and you're because she was like I don't even practice like that anymore and this isn't you know and it's like we can change you know and it is scary just like it's scary in our relationships to change because it's there's always a potential for loss you know and same is true in yoga I mean I've gone fired from studios because I would start just doing something and they'd be like, you can't do that. And I'd be like, okay, well, too bad, you know? And then it's like, <laughs> and then I'd, you know, and I have to like find places that didn't care what I did basically. And it worked out, it's working out, but you know, it does take a lot of courage, you know, to keep changing and to keep evolving. So I just want to, you know, appreciate the part of you that is 
just so willing and, and so unstoppable, it seems, in, in that regard, you know, to keep evolving and to keep showing up for what is really here right now that's going to be of service. Because um, a, it's a big deal to be able to do that. So thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah, thanks for noticing that. <laughs> I don't often notice it myself, but it's, yeah, that's a big part of my path. Yeah. So we're going to wind down, but I oftentimes will ask who your soul crush or soul crushes are, if you have any, and they could be, you know, people in your personal life or people that, you know, you don't, you've never met, but have really influenced you and your your path um, and if you have one or two of them that you would like to share with us we'd love to receive what has you know really inspired and, and helped you so much well for the past year I've been studying really intensely with dr. Joe Dispenza mm. so I'd say he's a big soul crush right now I'm doing like three to four hours of his meditations a day and amazing yeah, his work is fabulous. And if anyone's interested, especially his book, all his books are great, but Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself is really inspiring. Mm. And my other soul crush is my dog, Sadie. Mm -hmm. She's like my soulmate animal. Um, I'm just, we've been together for two years now, almost two and a half years. And she's Amazing. such a great companion. She's been with me through a lot. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Dogs are magicians. It's like <laughs> crazy, like total yeah. magic love, magic love. <laughs> Would you like to lead us in a short closing meditation or prayer? Sure. Okay. I'll lead us through something that I call the four-part check-in that I think is a really helpful tool for, I, I, just, I teach to women, but men can use it too, uh, especially at the start of the day, but you can use it any time of the day. Great. So allow yourself to feel more supported on whatever you're sitting on and elongate your spine and close your eyes. Take a breath in, and as you breathe out, soften your body a little bit more. And then really feel your body like from your belly as if you were growing tentacles out through your limbs. Not observing from your head, but feeling from the inside. And without any stories, or judgments or critiques, just notice how your body is right now. Sensations and temperature. It's the raw sensations of your body. And see, ask him really, is there anything that your body needs? Maybe after listening to this or later today, based upon these sensations. And then breathe into your heart, your big, beautiful heart. 
And notice what feelings are living inside your heart right now. Remembering that feelings can be paradoxical. And they often travel in packs, so you can feel many different feelings at once. Which ones do you notice right now? And is there anything that these feelings need from you? Either right now, maybe resting a hand on your heart or something later, like journaling or see what comes to mind. And then bring your awareness to your thoughts. And as if you're reading the morning news, just see like what have been the three main headlines in your thoughts today? Just pause and notice. And remembering as the Buddha teacher Pema Chodron says, the mind is like the sky and everything else is just the weather. And last, breathe all the way down into your belly, into that eternal, wise part of yourself, your soul, who speaks to you through your intuition. This part that weaves together all the other parts and just see, is there any message that your soul has for you right now? And if it's hard to to get any read on that, you could also ask, what do I need to know right now? Just pause and listen. And take another deep breath into your whole body, into your heart. And exhale, release all of that back to the earth. And then as you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes. Thank you so much for taking your time and just for sharing um, so openly and so lovingly. Really appreciate you. Thank you. And thanks for creating the space to speak about Redemption Circle. Yes. I really appreciate the allies who are willing to be brave enough to, to speak about this publicly with me. Yeah. So I just really bow to you and your community for helping to be the change makers that we, that we need yeah. in this area and so many areas right now. Yeah. And I want to encourage everyone to I'll put a link um, to Sarah's website. And you said you have a training in Mexico next month. Is that filled or? Yeah, it is filled. Cool. Um, but I, I do them pretty much annually. Cool. Yeah. The Shi yoga and meditation teacher training. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in and you can leave us a note if you'd like and send any feedback. And I just hope that you are all having a really beautiful day or evening and feel super nourished and held inside of this connection that we are all sharing.
And we'll see you. See you again soon.